Now, as we get started in this series this morning, I want you to think about it with me for just a moment. God, God really loves rules. I mean, there are so many rules. So many, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. There's so many do's, there's so many don'ts, so think about it. God must really, really love the word no. No! In fact, we have this understanding maybe that God is over here and way over here is where we want to be way over here, not over there. We want to be over here. And here's the reason, because there's freedom over here. There are lots of rules over there, lots of do's, lots of don'ts. But over here, we have more freedom. In fact, the closer I move to God, the more rules I have, the more do's and the more don'ts and the less freedom I have the closer I get over here to God. And so everything inside of me screams, I want to be free. And it screams, I I want a world over here without being told what to do and when to get up and when to be home. I want to be free. I I want a a world over here without authority. I want a world over here where there's no one telling me what I should do and what I shouldn't do and what I can do and what I can't do. So I'm looking for a life that has no authority or, or at least has less authority or little authority. Because the closer I get over here, the more rules that I have to follow. God's rules, you know. When when you look at the Old Covenant, in our Bible it's called the Old Testament. When you look at the Old Covenant, you will find entire books full of rules. In fact, when you look at the Old Covenant, there are 613 rules that God said, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. 613. Wow. I mean, I mean those add up. That's enormous. That is a lot of rules. And I think to myself, whew, how in the world? How in the world do you follow 613 commands that are telling you how to do things and when to do things? God is great, all right. He's the great rule God. No wonder I want to stay over here as far as I can away from that 613 laws given by God in the old covenant now today if you could choose 613 laws or freedom over here I mean what would you choose I mean, how many laws are over here? I can tell you there's not 613. Thank goodness. Right here? Right now? Mm, Give or take 300,000. 300,000, actually. 300,000. 
thousand laws in the United States that can be enforced criminally. 300,000. And that's not counting your state laws or your city laws like that tell you you can't take your garbage to the curb until the morning they pick it up, right? So, so that's 300,000 United States laws that can be criminally enforced. So now who loves rules? <laughs> Government or God? Here's the truth. It's not God. <laughs> In fact, get this. Of those 613 laws in the Old Covenant, Jesus fulfilled every single one of those laws. And get this, not just for himself, but the New Covenant teaches us that Jesus fulfilled every one of those 613 laws for you, too. In other words, those 613 laws are not even on you anymore. They're not on me. So who's free? Do you know the freest people to have ever walked on this planet Earth? The freest people to have ever walked on this planet since creation. This very same planet. The freest people, Adam and Eve, they had one rule, just one. Listen to what that means. That God's ideal, perfect world had one single rule, one law, only one, thou shalt not. Adam and Eve could do whatever they wanted except... Eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's it. They could do anything else. They had freedom. God was like, you have the freedom, Adam and Eve. Do whatever you want. Just don't eat that fruit from that tree. Why just one rule? Why? Here's why. Because God is not into rules. I mean, we think he is, but God is not into rules. God loves and he values freedom. He had one rule in his ideal, in his perfect world. And then along came the evil one, and he tempted Adam and Eve with the lie of absolute freedom. A, a lie that said you can have freedom from rules and from authority, and Adam and Eve bit into that. We find that story in the book of Genesis. I want to kind of run through that very quickly. Genesis chapter 3, starting with verse 1, here's what it says. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. Now listen, if you have a problem with that word serpent, with this whole snake thing, I, listen, I, I'm... I'm, I'm this word that's translated here, serpent, uh, the truth is this word can also be translated as the shining one. But I'm going to use this word, the serpent. But if you have trouble with that, just think with that. Just insert that into that phrase. That is a literal translation as well 
as serpent. But I'm using this. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, so here we go. He's going to pose a question. Did God really say that you must not eat from the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? You see how he twisted that? He twisted it. And he's beginning to question this one single rule. There was only one, and he begins to question that one rule. He begins to question that one authority. And so he begins. Verse 2, she corrects him. Well, of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, she says. Silly serpent. The woman replied in this, verse 3, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. So now the evil one begins to insert in more doubt. He says, ah, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, verse 5. He continues, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So I can imagine the wills now turning in her mind, and she begins to think, hmm, hmm, that sneaky God, he He's holding out on us. There is a level of freedom that we're missing. And so the woman, as she's thinking, she's, the woman was convinced. Verse 6 says she was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. I can only imagine it looked like a Big Mac. That's what it looks like in my garden. It looked delicious, and she wanted its wisdom, the wisdom that it would give her. She sees this freedom that is coming her way. So here's what happened. She took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. They were reaching for freedom. Reaching for freedom. Think with me for a moment. So if this is over here, God being the light, they are tempted to reach into the darkness for that freedom. And that motion of reaching for that freedom can be described as rebellion against God. And here's what they believed. Rebellion brings freedom. That is the lie they were believing. Rebellion brings freedom. Over here, I'm not free. I could be free over there. So if I rebel against God, His one rule, then I can have all this freedom over here, that God has been holding out on me. I can have it if I just reach out and get it. And here's what actually happened, verse 7. At that moment, 
their eyes were opened, and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So they fix up the fig leaves, and it's like, there, we fixed it. But that didn't fix it. I mean, it covered some of their nakedness, but listen, it did not cover their shame. Rebellion is the act of disobeying God's rule, God's authority. That's rebellion. And the great lie says this, freedom can be found in doing what is forbidden. Let me say that again. Here is the great lie. Freedom. This is not freedom. Freedom can be found in doing what is forbidden. But the reality, no, that wasn't the reality. That's what they thought. But the reality, what they really found out, what they discovered over here in the dark, what they discovered was that they lost their freedom because of their rebellion. They lost it. They didn't gain freedom. They lost their freedom. Here's how this played out. I'm not going to have it on the screen. Let me just describe it for you. Once they sinned, God said, Oh, yeah, you blew it. You have lost your freedom. Here is what is going to happen. God wasn't really doling out punishment for them. This was now the result. There was no sin in the world, and now suddenly when they rebelled and they reached into the darkness, thinking they were grabbing freedom, they lost freedom. This was the result of sin entering into creation. And God described it for him. He said, no longer will you live in the garden. No more. You won't be there anymore. You've lost your freedom. God looked at Adam and he said, Adam, you used to walk through that garden and all you had to do, you were just naming animals, you were naming plants, and you were eating fruit. You had all that food you wanted. It was right there for the taking. No, no more. He said, because sin has entered creation, now this land is cursed by sin. And no longer will you be able to just walk out there and, and have everything you need. He said, no, 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 Adam, from now on, you are going to work, and you will work really, really hard to just simply provide for your family. You've lost your freedom. You lost it. And then he looked at Eve, and he said, you know what? We've designed family to populate the earth. And he, he said, listen, listen, what's going to happen now, Eve? Because sin has entered into creation, now every time you have a child, it's going to involve pain and distress. He said the freedom has been lost. And it all happened because they broke one single rule, the only one that existed. And now we don't have one rule. You know what? Now we have 300,000 rules and more. Does that sound like freedom? Freedom. 
to you. Here's the truth. It's a principle for our lives. Maximum freedom is found under God's authority. Maximum freedom is found under God's authority, out of the darkness and under the light. And that just doesn't make sense to us. Because we look at it and we say, how can we be under authority and be free at the same time? That does not compute. That does not make sense. How can we be bound by rules but yet be free? You know, when we look at the New Covenant, it's pretty clear about the whole authority thing. Let, let me throw out of just a few passages here for you, two, two passages to be exact. Romans chapter 13. Listen to what Paul said here. He said, everyone must submit to the governing authorities. Everyone. We have to submit to the authorities. He says, for all authority comes from God. He didn't say all authority that is the same political party as you. He didn't say that, because I promise you this, the authorities he was talking about were not the political party of the Israelites. Mm -mm, they were not. He says, all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. That just doesn't make sense to us. And he goes on, so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And he says, besides that, they'll be punished. The new covenant is pretty consistent with this whole thing. In 1 Peter, listen to what, what the apostle Peter has to say. In chapter 2, verse 13, he says, for the Lord's sake. So he adds this spiritual dimension to this, for the Lord's sake respect all human authority. And then he goes through a list of different authorities that existed then. He said, whether the king as head of the state, he's saying respect the king, or, or the officials that he has appointed. He didn't say those that have the same political view that you have or that I have. No, he said, because in this case, none of them did. He says, for the king, and listen, he's talking about a king that was not their political party. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and honor those who do right. He said, God sent that king to do that. Now, here's a change in our thinking. I think this is what the new covenant is really saying here. If God is ultimately behind all authority, then all authority issues are spiritual issues. But we have grown up believing a lie. And it's not just us and our generations who are present here this morning. It started all the way back with Adam and Eve. We've grown up believing a lie. The lie said this, freedom is a world without authority. That's freedom, a world without authority. Then we can do what we want to do, and we can be the judge, and we can decide what is right. It's a world without authority. That's freedom. 
But the reality is this. That is a lie that actually robs us of freedom. It does not give us freedom. Let me give you an example. This is very simplistic, but I think you'll understand what I'm trying to say. You're familiar with the rule that says, don't drink and drive. You're familiar with that. I, me saying that, I didn't shock anyone, did I? No one said, what? <laughs> you mean I can't drink and drive? We're, we're all familiar with that rule, don't drink and drive. Now, that's not a rule that we look through and we see in the Bible. That's, that's a rule that has been given to us by the government. Don't drink and drive. Now, let's just say for a moment that you decide you're going to reach out and rebel against that. And you say, okay, okay, listen, I'm just going home. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's less than a mile away. I'm just going home. I'm just getting in my car. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go from here to there. I will be very, very careful. I will be very extra careful. It's just from here to there. And listen, I mean, look, look. I've done it a hundred times, just from here to there. So let's say you hit the bypass, you swerve into an oncoming car, and there was a mom, two kids in the car, and they die. Now, what did your desire for freedom cost you? What did your desire to reach out toward that freedom, what did it cost you? Well, let's go through a short list. Well, first off, you killed three people. You have now devastated many families forever. You're going to be faced with fines. You're going to lose your freedom to drive. Um, you're probably going to lose your job over all of this. You're going to lose the trust of people that you love. You're probably going to lose friends over this, and, and not even the least of these things. You're probably going to prison. And the list that I'm listing there could go on and on. But does that sound like freedom? you. We think to ourselves that freedom is a world without authority, but that's a lie. Actually, us thinking of a world without authority, that's a lie because that actually will rob us of our freedom. It doesn't give us freedom. Let me give you another example. Let's assume that you're married and you love your spouse and as you stood at, at the altar and you were married you you were committing to them and you meant those vows that you were making and those statements you were making you meant those you were committing for the rest of your life husbands for the rest of your life you were saying that you will say no to every other woman you were saying I'll say no every other one. Ladies, for the rest of your life, 
you were saying, I will say no to any other man on this planet. I will say no. But what if some years go by and you feel like your needs aren't being met the way they once were? You're feeling something's not right and something's missing. And let's say you decide to walk down another path toward another man or another woman. And you made that commitment to say that you wouldn't. But let's say through that process you have decided ultimately to cheat on your spouse because you want that freedom. So you choose, let's say, to break the rules of marriage. Now what might result from your choice of freedom versus following the rules? Let's go through a short list. Probably could lose your marriage, probably will. You're going to lose friendship with that spouse. You're going to lose relationships and friendships with that spouse's family, very likely, very possible. You might even lose some of your friends. You're going to lose intimacy with that spouse. You could even lose your home. You could lose some possessions. could lose some money. You're going to be paying some fees and some counselors, and you could lose, um, you may be paying support then. But I think ultimately you'll feel the pain as you lose that precious time with your children. Does that sound like freedom? You see, God wants us to be free. And we can be free. But freedom is found under authority. Freedom is found under the light. Breaking the rules, living outside of authority will never bring us freedom. I don't have the verse. I'm not going to put it on the screen. I just want to mention this because I think you will recognize it clearly. You remember hearing this, that Jesus said that the truth will set you free. That sound familiar? You've probably heard it in movies. You've heard it many times. The truth will set you free. Well, actually that goes back to Jesus and his teaching. The truth will set you free. And we know this, that God is truth. And under his authority, under his authority, we gain freedom. Now, I, I'm going to ask the band as they're making their way up here. I want to give you a visual. Not a perfect visual, but just kind of to help you understand what we're talking about. And to give you something to kind of think about for the rest of this week. Think about God's authority 
like an umbrella. And if we are under the light, if we are under His authority, then there's some protection. Now imagine with me, if you will, just the worst acid, horrible rain that could exist. And if you are outside of that authority, if you have reached out to the darkness, reached out toward what you thought was freedom, when you get out there and you experience this acid rain, and as it hits your flesh, it's just eating you away. And it is damaging you, and it is hurting you. We thought we were reaching out to freedom, but we're reaching out to our destruction, right? We thought we were going to be free. But God has set up authority to actually protect us. It's a lie that freedom is out there. Freedom to live and survive, and to really be free is right here under God's authority. And I hope you'll just kind of take that visual with you this week, into your week. Because evil wants us to reach out into the darkness. God wants you under the light. Evil wants you to reach out to what you think is freedom, but the, re the result is the loss of freedom. And God wants you to experience freedom to live as you are under His authority. So think about this this week. And as you're going through your week, just ask yourself, am I under the light? Am I under God's protection or am I leaving it behind and going to what I thought was freedom and the, actual, the, the reality is I'm going towards bondage? Think about this this week. Am I under the light? And then don't be scared to come back next week. Don't be scared. Let's pray. God, you told us that all authority, all of those positions of authority, all of that, God, it's been placed there by you. And you told us that any of us who rebel against authority, that we are ultimately, God, rebelling against you. And God, it is in my nature to rebel. It is in my nature and most of us here, if not all of us here, to reach into and toward the darkness. To run toward the darkness away from your light because we think that is where freedom is. But God, would you help us to begin to see things your way? Help us this week to think, are we stepping out of the darkness and under the light? We need your help to do that. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.